Wizards After Dark is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks real prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And it's not just sports tickets. It's not just NBA tickets. You can go and you can get tickets for shows, for concerts. Bruce Springsteen's coming to town and you want to get the best tickets? Check out Game Time. Taylor Swift's coming? Check out Game Time. With Game Time, you can buy your tickets in just two easy taps. The Game Time app is simple, it's quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in Google Play or the App Store and score last minute deals on tickets for up to 60% off. Another joint episode, uh, well I should say another one for me, I'm Fred Katz, I'm the host of Wizards After Dark, I'm here with the Clip City host, Jovan Buha, who also covers the Clippers for The Athletic. How's it going? That was a very natural way for you to say hi to me, we've been sitting next to each other talking for like 20 minutes. Nice to see so, you Fred, it's not like I've been with you yeah. for a while. This is, uh, how many times do you think we've podcasted together in our lives? You're like Double right digits. up there. Well, of course, well, I mean, double digits. I mean, yeah, like so, I, somewhere. We there, I we know. would do like. You're saying I, like I think lives? I think we've podcasted uh, together triple digit times. A lot, yeah. Triple digit for sure. Yeah. We would do post game shows over after. The years, yeah. We do post game shows after every Clipper game. Yeah, for multiple years. So yeah. Yeah, we've done. A we've lot. done this before. Not like this. That's why. Like, that's we, why we've done this uh, a few times. That's why it's it's really good. Just starting off with me saying your name and you say, how's it going? <laughs> like, like you're on with some random radio host you've never heard of. Wait, what's your name again? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a what, more what complicated. Station, what station are we on right now? <laughs> we're on with, uh, what was the station in Hawaii that used to have us on? The ESPN Honolulu. There I still go. do that station. You still go on Sh- ESPN Sh- Honolulu? Yeah. Wow. The Clippers are big in Honolulu. <laughs> Are they, are, are they, I assume they'd be Laker fans in Honolulu. I mean, I think there's more Laker fans than Clipper fans in Honolulu, but I think they're the number two team. It's kind of like LA. Right. Makes sense. And now it's the we, closest we, to we LA. triggered people to start this podcast. <laughs> now, let's talk about Honolulu Williams before we go on. No, we'll talk about, uh, this, this, is, you the, not... this is the Derek Walton Jr. game. I know Wizards fans probably don't know who that is, but and, and a lot of Clippers fans just learned who that is tonight. Can we say the score of the game before we start talking about the, sure. the guy who I accidentally referred to as Derek Ward and who went off for a sizzling seven points tonight? Um, the Clippers won. 135 to 119. The the Wizards defense was was super stingy, held them 15 points below uh, what they held them to last time they played. Clippers have now scored 285 points this year. 285, 285 points yeah. in two games against uh, the Wizards this year, which is not the greatest. Uh, the Wizards remain last in defensive efficiency. Uh, great game from Kawhi, had 34 and 18 shots. Paul George had 27 on 21 shots. Uh, Davis Bertans uh, still has not missed a three this year, I don't think. Hit, hit six more of them tonight on, on 12 attempts, and Beal couldn't hit a shot. Hachimura kind of struggled. And uh, Jovan wants to start with Derek Walton Jr. I, I, I'm a man of the people, you know. <laughs> and uh, no, I mean, it, it was, I, I think, you know, that, that's what I'm writing about. So that, that's what's fresh on my mind. But 
Um, you know, I, I can't, I don't even know what to equate it, who I would, you know, kind of compare him to on the Wizards, but like, he literally is the 15th man on the roster. He originally wasn't going to make the roster, made it at the last second um, at the end of training camp and has only played really in blowouts, you know, um, really just when games are decided. So this was his first time this season actually getting rotation minutes. Uh, you know, the second unit had really been struggling. It happened in both halves where the starting unit got a double digit lead. Then the bench came in and the Wizards bench outplayed the Clippers bench. Uh, they got that lead to single digits and even in the first half took the lead. Uh, similar thing, you know, momentarily in the second half. Uh, and Doc went to Derek Walton Jr., who just had not really played all season. Uh, you know, he did only have seven points and was only a plus six. But I thought he really kind of came in and, and stabilized the second unit with the way that uh, Jerome Robinson and Terrence Mann were kind of struggling. And, uh, you know, this is a team that right now, for as deep as they are, is a bit depleted. Landry Shamit's out, Rodney Magruder, uh, Patrick Patterson, Jermichael Green only played four minutes tonight and was clearly not 100%. So, you know, with limited resources off the bench, uh, I thought it just kind of spoke to the Clippers' depth that the literal 15th man could step in and actually provide some solid rotation minutes, uh, which we just hadn't, like, I could barely describe to you Derek Walton's game before uh, tonight just because he barely played in the preseason. Again, he barely has played throughout the year. So um, it was nice to actually see what he could do when actually given playing time. And I do wonder moving forward if he now becomes a you know potential 10th, 11th guy on this team as long as they're kind of shorthanded. You know, it was really interesting about tonight and, and not something I necessarily expected. The Wizards, look at the plus minuses. The Wizards bench, <laughs> it is outrageous. The Wizards, first of all, in a game the Wizards lost by 16, Jan Mahimi was a plus 18. He, he was solid tonight. Which means they were plus 18 with Mahimi on the floor and minus 30 with minus 34 with him off the floor, which means Jan Mahimi was responsible for a 52-point swing whilst playing basketball tonight in his how many minutes? 17 minutes and 30 seconds. The Wizards bench just knocked him around. And and I think part of that was those Bertans with the bench units. Yeah. Where he just went off uh, in those moments. And part of that is like the Wizards just don't have people for Kawhi and Paul George. They just flat out don't. But it was such a weird juxtaposition seeing like – the Clippers get out to a big lead. Wizards close it up a little bit. Clippers get another big lead. Wizards close it up a little bit. And then you think like, okay, it's a four-point game with like five and a half minutes left. Yeah. Maybe this is a game. And then three minutes later, the Clippers are up 18. And obviously, the Clippers are a way better team than the Wizards. But it was such a weird rhythm to the game with like the Wizards bench destroying the Clippers bench. And then the Clippers starters destroying the Wizards starters even more. Well, this this for the Clippers was basically um, a replica of last game where they played the Bucks and got destroyed. But actually, through three quarters, they had outscored the Bucks in the Giannis minutes and the non Giannis minutes. They got completely destroyed. Uh, it was they were like minus three with Giannis uh, or plus three with Giannis on the court, minus twenty eight with Giannis on the bench. So. 
this is now a couple you know consecutive games where the Clippers bench, which is maybe the best in basketball, it's at least the highest scoring in basketball. You you have two six man of the year candidates. Um, you know when one fully healthy, you could bring guys like Jermichael Green, Landry Shamit, like guys who are rotation players if not starters on you know high level playoff teams as your eighth, ninth, tenth guys. Um, but right now those you know those guys are out or or you know injured, and I think it's really showed the kind of the limitations of you know as for as good as Lou and Trez are, if you just throw you know Jerome Robinson one for five, zero for four from deep, like. He does not look like a rotation player. He barely looks like an NBA player, to be honest. Uh, Terrence Mann struggled a bit. Um, so, like, for, for the Clippers side, at least, like, they are down to almost, like, seven players right now. Um, and, and that, the Wiz- like, you got to give the, the Wizards credit. They, they exploited it. I mean, Troy Brown had a really good game. Um, I, I thought Jan, you know, had a, had a few nice rolls and dives to the rim where he was in the right place at the right time. Had the dive um, into Ish Smith. Yeah, that was funny. Oh, my God. You almost killed Ish Smith. That, that <laughs> is going to be on Shaq Dan for sure. You know what's amazing? Giannis played two games this year. This is his second game coming back from the Achilles injury. And he's had two moments now, one in each game, where I'm like, Ooh, I might see that Thursday night on Shaq. I'm telling you, he had a reverse layup during that first game. That, like, oh, my God. The ball landed. It la- he, he tried a reverse layup around the rim, and this is going to sound like an exaggeration. It's not. The, the ball landed around where corner threes are shot. <laughs> it, it, it was... How, how much money is he making? Four for 64. Jesus. 15.7 this year. It's a lot. It's a lot of hey, money. Hey, you know, plus 52 or get, swing. Get that bag. <laughs> look, look. Yeah, a plus 52 points. This, this was a – I was surprised. This was a very testy game. And, like, Mo Wagner got beat up a couple times. Uh, he had the, the incident with Mo Harkless where he sets a screen on Mo. Mo tries to swim over it, ends up elbowing him in the head. Uh, well, Mo Harkless. I gotta clarify which Mo. Uh, then, then Wagner comes down on the other end, has some words from Mo. It's a timeout, and they get in each other's faces. Then Harkless gets a tech, and Scott Brook gets a tech for for um, you know being upset about the non call. And then later in the game, Bradley Beal drives down the lane, gets hammered. I thought it was a clear foul. They don't call it. Then on the other end, uh, Kawhi gets an and one layup, and Bradley Beal's furious. Ish Smith picks up a tech. Uh, so th- this was kind of a weird testing game. I actually, I thought at some point Wagner was going to like flagrant someone because he was clearly fl- frustrated. There's another time later in the game he got hit in the face and, and they didn't call it. So I, I will say like for like we were talking about beforehand, this wasn't like the sexiest game. Um, you know, it ended up being a 16 point loss. It was closer than that, but or at least for most of the game it was. But uh, I-, I thought this was a very testy game with multiple technical fouls. Um, Pat Bev also got one for complaining. Bertans got one off the bench uh, for, for saying whatever he said. So um, I was surprised that it didn't spill into something more because it did seem like there was a lot of tension on both sides. You see what the Wizards said after the game? No. They all complained about the officiating. It Scott, wasn't good. It, Scott, Scott Brooks said, uh, said to paraphrase, Ish Smith is the nicest guy on the planet, and when he gets attacked, that's when you know something's up. I mean, with, with that said, like – they did shoot 30 free throws, and I don't know how many free throws yeah. they, they normally take, but, um, you know, like the, the Clippers had 
26 fouls. They had, you know, Paul George had five fouls, Pat Mev had four. Like, it wasn't, I don't think it was very one-sided, but I did feel like there were multiple calls that the Wizards rightfully should have been upset about. Yeah, I think that's true. Look, I, I look back on this, and this is not just a Wizards storyline. It's an NBA player storyline because there are so many moments where I see players of all calibers from all teams blatantly smack a guy on the wrist. And then you look at the replay and you see he got all wrist. Like his hand is now covered in in skin cells from that other person. And he looks at the ref with the most incredulous look and then screams something at the ref. And it's like, I understand you're in a competitive environment. In the, it's the passion of the moment. It happens every once in a while. It happens every once in a while. But when you do it every single time, you just lose credibility. Like you're not going to convince a ref when you actually have a case. And I think that's part of why you have all of these problems with players and refs not getting along. Like you are going to lose credibility when you do that stuff. So like Beal, for example, who is a really classy guy, but has been complaining about the refs a lot this year. When Beal says he doesn't get calls that other All-Stars get, I haven't looked at this in a few games, and I think I'm just going to look look at it for tomorrow and write something either for tomorrow or for Tuesday. But, like, Beal says, for example, and he's All-Star, like, you, most stars are like this, where he said he feels like he doesn't get as much calls as other All-Stars. I looked at the guards who take the 18 most attempts in the restricted area and he gets to the line the eighth most times like he's right in the middle of the pack like the 18 guards i think it was who took five or more this is as of five games ago or something he took five or more attempts in the restricted area were most of those players like all-star level or like yeah yeah for the most part i mean if you're if you're a guard who takes five plus attempts in the restricted area game you're you're a good scorer yeah uh and he, out of those 18 guys, he was eighth in free throw attempts a game and, like, around the middle of the pack in free throw rate as well. And, like, he's right there. But I think everyone feels like every time it's a foul. And then when they foul someone, it's not a foul. And it's just, like, it is frustrating to watch. Like, it really does – it doesn't ruin anything for me, but it, it's frustrating for me. It, it just – it annoys me when I see a guy slap somebody and then immediately argue about it as if we didn't all see it happen. I do feel like overall, and this is probably a topic for a, a different podcast, but player-referee relations have like probably never been worse. Um, yeah. You know, like it, it just seems like players, I mean, to your point, like always think they're right. Whether <laughs> when they have the ball, they're always getting fouled. And when they don't have, you know, when they're on defense, they're never fouling. And um Again, you like, and I, I've seen players. The, the the my favorite is is when they show the replay, and it clearly is the foul or not a foul. You know, either you know, the offensive player, or the defense, whatever, and they still react as if they're right. When you're clearly like now, it's like you can't just go by like your muscle, like your memory of of the encounter and what you thought happened in the moment. Like now, you're actually seeing the replay, and you're still reacting the opposite way. Uh, so it. it it is frustrating. I think the the league uh, has you know has to figure that out at some point um, because it, it does seem like it has only gotten worse and is only continuing to get worse. And it's definitely worse in certain matchups. Like the Clippers are a team that uh, you know draws 
a lot of fouls. Lou Williams, Paul George, and Kawhi, and Trez are all guys who shoot, you know, five plus free throw attempts a game. Um, and, you know, they're not Rockets level, where obviously the Rockets piss everybody off, but um, it is like they are a physical, frustrating team that draws a lot of fouls. So, you know, this has kind of been a common thing for the Clippers, where their opponents are always almost, uh, you know, upset with the refs. So um, I, I think it is a, a bit opponent based. But I do think to the Wizards kind of larger point, they, there were some questionable calls that I felt, you know, didn't go their way. But um, at the end of the day, like, I don't think that was the difference in this game. Like the difference was, as you mentioned, the Clippers pulled away late, uh, started isolating Trez, just letting him kind of, um, you know, face up and attack from 18, 20 feet out. And the Wizards had no <laughs> outside defense or rotation for that. None. And oh it, was, my God, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. And, and not, not only no outside defense, but like, why are you face guarding Montrezl Harrell? 17, like on that play where he crosses over Mahimi yeah. and then dunks on Hachimura and gets the M1 dunk. Why are you face guarding Montrez Harrell 18 feet from the rim? I Give don't. him the shot. Give him the shot. Hell, let him take a jumper. Let him take a mid-range jumper. Yeah. That's fine. If Montrez Harrell, if the, if the Clippers' late game offense is Montrez Harrell taking off the dribble mid-range jumpers, that's you, awesome for you, me. You take that, yeah. Happily. No, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but I mean, and then I, I think, like you also mentioned, like Kawhi was just incredibly efficient tonight, you know, 12 of 18 um, from, from the floor, made three threes, seven of eight from the free throw line, um, did have four turnovers, and that continues to be a bit of an issue for him. Uh, but, you know, he, he had been struggling recently. His field goal percentage has been trending down. Um, he hasn't looked the same. Even tonight, he didn't look particularly great at, from like an athleticism, like explosiveness standpoint. But um, it just was one of those nights where he's just like assassin, like uh, efficient. And when a guy goes twelve of eighteen on uh, the type of usage he has, like there's just nothing you can really do about that. And I, you know, I felt. And this game, you know, to to the Wizards' credit, I thought they played better in this game than they did in the first one. And it did seem like they kind of adjusted. Uh, there was no Thomas Bryant in, in this one, um, no Isaiah Thomas. Um, but I, I did feel like they put up a better effort. Uh, but to to kind of the, the Clippers' point, like they held Bradley Beal at 5 of 18. And I think I want to say the last game they played, he was something in that range as well. Um you know, I think he was a little more efficient, but um, you know, you kind of see what the Clippers can do when they put Mo Harkless, Kawhi, PG on an elite scorer. Um, you know, kind of just platooning those three, like you, you can really do some damage. And I think that, um, I guess, for the Clippers side of things, like long term kind of takeaways, they've continued to have success on ones and twos, really um, limiting those types of guys. And it's been some of the bigger guys that have hurt them, but. Um, I think their perimeter defense is, is really encouraging. Ever wonder how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Millions are already using StockX to find everything after it sells out, from the latest Yeezys to every retro Jordan to the hottest new streetwear from brands like Supreme, Palace, and Kith. Looking to add the Air Jordan 1 Fearless UNC Chicago to your rotation? Or maybe you're feeling nostalgic for a pair of Air Max 95s. 
You can find it all and more on StockX, sometimes even for prices lower than retail. StockX ensures authenticity. Every item bought or sold on StockX is carefully inspected by hand to ensure it's 100% legit. Their experts go above and beyond to make sure you never get burned by fakes. StockX has removed all the risk from buying and selling online. Now you can get the hottest, hardest to find sneakers without having to deal with a random buyer or seller again. StockX has an exciting offer for the athletic listeners. Use promo code BBALL2019 for $20 off your next purchase. That's BBALL2019 for $20 off your next purchase. You can visit StockX.com slash BBALL for more information. What's crazy about those three? I mean, Mo Harkless was the primary defender on Beal today. Yeah. And it is crazy that you can have a team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George go up against an offense, which is, I can't say it's a one-man offense because they're the fourth most efficient yeah. offense in the NBA. So I can't say it's a one-man it's offense. It's a two-man offense. With but, being the side. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you joke. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it kind of is. Uh, but but it's not a one-man offense, but it is an offense with one guy who's significantly better yeah. than anybody else. And they can go up against a team a like that. Game and they still right. score one but Harkless game. was great on him. Yeah. They, they were really aggressive on Beal. They were really aggressive in, in double-teaming him. I thought he was a little late in getting the ball out. And one of the things I wish the Wizards would do more is I wish – because they, they don't have – they pass a lot, and they're, they're pretty good team passers, and they have a lot of willing passers, but they don't have a lot of good playmaking passers. So what I wish that they would do more is because teams are really – the last few games starting to double, like second half of their last game against Miami. Miami more aggressively in the second half of that game, double team Beal than any other team in the league this year. And I wish they would have like a playmaker – unconventionally set a screen against Beal. Like, make Patrick Beverly guard the back end of a pick and roll. Have Ish Smith set a screen for Beal. And have Beal dump it off to Ish Smith. So then Ish Smith can take care of a little half-court four-on-three, as opposed to Rui Hachimura, who just doesn't see passes. Just flagged. Can get the ball on the wing, have a guy wide open in the corner after the ball's been swung three times to his side of the court, and just not see a guy. I wish I love... I don't know. I I really enjoy, from a basketball perspective, I really enjoy, like, small setting setting picks for bigs. Like, every once in a while, the Wizards will run a Rui Hachimura ball handler pick and roll with Isaiah Thomas setting a screen. And I lose my mind. I get so excited. But I wish that they would do, like, a Beal-Ishmith pick and roll more. Because that would work a little bit when, when Beal is getting doubled. And all he's got to do is just, like, let Ish just kind of venture out to the three-point line Beal can, can just kind of just drop it off to him. And then Ish can attack because he's so fast and he knows how to pass a basketball. And, like, those are the kinds of things that you can counter. But when the Clippers are that long and they can play that aggressively on defense and you're playing a team without a ton of playmakers, they're just going to feast on that kind of stuff. And it's going to be really hard for that – for that one guy who leads your offense to to kind of do what he's best at. Beal was cold to start, and he just, I think, struggled. The Clippers' defense is just really freaking good. Well, which is funny. They still allowed 119 points. And, and you know, well. Well, that's, that's four, because of their second best player. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because that dude makes every single three. And I I thought another adjustment that the Clippers made um, was they were much more aware of Roy tonight. Um, You know, I think he had 30-something. 30, 30, yeah. 30 and 10 in the the game last week. Um, And, you know, tonight, 17 points, 5 of 14 shooting. Um, It just felt like... I don't want to say they didn't like take him seriously, but like you could just tell he wasn't really a concern for them, and he really burned them last game. And then afterward, um, you know, Kawhi was ta- uh, asked about him, PG was asked about him, and they both spoke really highly of him. And you could just tell tonight they really game planned for that, and I felt really made it a point to try to take him out of the game. Um, and I thought, you know, really with with him kind of struggling, uh, Beal struggling. I mean, they combined for. 10 of 32 shooting. Uh, that was kind of the difference there in terms of the offenses. Cool. Anything else we should hit on before we wrap up? Um, I, I would say, for, well, so it seems like Kawhi is going to rest tomorrow against Indiana. The Clippers have a back-to-back in Indiana. Uh, Doc said one of Kawhi or PG will rest, and then Paul George said he's playing in the game. So by process of elimination, uh, it seems like Kawhi is going to be out. Um, and that's actually a little bit concerning against Indiana. Um, you know, it, I mean, it's already just second night of a back-to-back. Indiana is obviously, you know, playoff caliber team, even without Victor Oladipo. They're, they're scrappy. They're tough. Um, but the Clippers have, I mean, they needed Kawhi Leonard's 34 points tonight. Um, and if he's out, you know, PG's going to, and he's returning to Indiana, so maybe he has a 35-point game or whatever. But, um with the way the bench has struggled and the way the starting unit has been more dependent on Kawhi than PG, uh, I am interested to see how the Clippers play tomorrow shorthanded because, um, you know, it, it, unless Jermichael Green could go more tomorrow, um, this is really like a seven-man rotation and you're taking one of the seven outs so and now it's a six-man rotation. But maybe Derek Walton's here to save the day. I don't know. Uh, you should read about it tomorrow on The Athletic. <laughs> Derek Walton, Jr. Jr., uh, and uh, subscribe to Clip City. Subscribe yeah. to Wizards After Dark. Subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, you can get 40% off at either theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark on an annual subscription, or I assume yours is theathletic.com slash Clip City. Yep. But do it off of theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. It's, it's the same amount of money that you get off, but just know that you're making me look good as opposed to making Yovan look good and... Nobody really wants to make you a hey, I, I love Davis Bertans, so. Davis Bertans. All right, well, see, I can't even say it. It's better than Derek Ward, all right? Hey, the, the PA guy for the Lakers, who I, I, I never really use overarching critical words, but I'll say the PA guy for the Lakers, who has his moments of really being bad at his job, <laughs> called called... <laughs> Called Troy Brown, Tony Brown, for an entire half until Troy Brown personally went up to him and corrected him. Wow. Which you'd think would be humiliating, but I'm not sure because he also mispronounced both of Davis Bertans' names. What did he call him? Called him Davis. Burtons. <laughs> Burtons. <laughs> Burtons really sounds like a, like a... Like a suburban wasp, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, like like or, or or like a Deontay Burton's. 
<laughs> in Milwaukee, the, the PA Bertans. Guy, he said Bertans. Bertans. Davis Bertans. Um, he called Trez Montrell Harrell, which Dan Wojcicki loved and, and called him Montrell Jordan because Ma, uh, Ma, or what, 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 Ma, uh, Montel Jordan. Montel Jordan. Um, I can't even say his name. Uh, was the halftime act. So wow. there was some crossover there. And then on one possession, he uh, Paul George nails a three. He says George Hill makes the three. And George Hill's obviously on the Bucks. And then like a possession later, he's like, correction, Paul George made the three. And it's like, ooh. That, that's pretty bad. Yeah, no, the Lakers guy is just, oh, it was rough. I don't even remember why I brought that up. Oh, right, because you said Davis. Yeah. And he was nice. saying Davis, Davis Bertans. We, we have a... a Davis story for a, the real wizards after dark. There, That's, <laughs> there you go. Can't, the can't real talk about one. This one on the pod. Yeah, exactly. The real one. I wait to leave LA before I fire those shots from across the country. It was just ridiculous. Whatever. He's he's just gonna keep hitting shots and making PA guys say his name anyway. By the way, Davis Bertans on a pace for over three hundred three point makes now. The only guys ever to do that are Steph Curry and James Harden. Uh, That's it. That's all we got. I'll be back on Tuesday after the Wizards play the Hornets. I'm not going to that game, but I will be podcasting uh, almost definitely with a guest via Skype or something like that, like I do after that game. And uh, so I guess that'll be up for Wednesday morning. When are you back next? Uh, I will be back most likely Wednesday as well. Um, I'm probably going to preview Kawhi's return to Toronto uh, with one of our uh, athletic Toronto writers, either Eric or Blake. Um, and if that doesn't work out scheduling wise, I'll just do a reaction pod to Kawhi's uh, return and how emotional that is or isn't um, or isn't for him and uh, is, for you. is for me for you. Yeah. and uh, for <laughs> the Toronto fans. So. Uh, be on the lookout for that. Great. And uh, my episode on Tuesday is going to be behind the paywall. So if you are a subscriber to The Athletic, you'll be able to get it on The Athletic app. 40% off on an annual subscription at theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. Not, <laughs> not theathletic.com slash Clip City. Uh, check out my article. I'm Ryan Richman over on The Athletic DC site. Uh, also more stuff out this week. Uh, anything you got? Uh, Derek Walton Jr. story coming tomorrow. I spoke Derek, with him for a few Derek minutes Ward. after the game. What a guy. And uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha, J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. Keep thinking he's the former Giants running back, Derek Ward. That is it. We will talk to you guys soon. See you. In the finals. <laughs>